Hello and welcome to Visiting Hours, a Northern Health podcast offering an opportunity to learn a little about the lives, work and dreams of Northern Health staff. My name's Steve and I'll be your concierge behind the curtain. Come on in and join us for Visiting Hours. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay respects to their elders past, present and future embracing their rich tradition of conveying information and ideas through stories and song by sharing our stories with you. We're visiting today with a seasoned traveller who finds motivation through the music of the 90s, a nurse who helps patients facing a formidable foe navigate to a new normal. She's got a black belt in Taekwondo, a hat from Aldi and a matching (laughs) pair of pink pumps that are just divine. Breast care nurse consultant Cheryl Murray Welcome to Visiting Hours. <laughs> you are now my best friend. Thanks, Steve, for having me. <laughs> you're welcome. Why don't we just start by letting people know exactly what it is that your uh, role entails at yep. the hospital. So my role as a breast care nurse consultant is really to assist the women and some of the men that we get who've been diagnosed with breast cancer. My 15-year-old calls me the booby nurse, <laughs> um, but basically I'm a multitasking resource for these patients. Um, I help them navigate their way through this word drives me a bit crazy, journey, um, help them reinforce any of the medical information that they've been given, um, clarify any questions, educate them, reassure them, normalise their feelings, give them hope, um, dispel any myths or misconceptions they have and give them resources. So I do a lot of talking and, you know, and there's hugs along the way. Mm. What actually led to you being a, a breast care nurse? Um, so I've been nursing, I'm a dinosaur, so I've been nursing for a long time and um, it wasn't something that was just on my radar at all. So big surgical background, I went overseas and worked and then came back and fell back at Pant in Northern, but I also did a, a bit of work at Peter Mac Agency and I loved that oncology setting, but back in my surgical role, pre-admission role, which was down in outpatients and um, the breast care nurse, when the breast clinic became more formal, so around 2001, 2002. And so we got chatting. I was like, hey, this is really interesting. And the next minute I'm doing the short course in Latrobe and Cancer Cancel. And then I was her annual leave reliever in Mm. 2004. Fortunately for me, she um, became pregnant. So I did her mat leave. So I, I sort of fell into it really. And it's something that I've learned and grown and loved along the way. So, um, yeah, it's been good. It's good. And now fast forward, I'm full been in full-time role for eight, ten years or so. Yeah. Wow. And what sort of advancements have you seen over that time? Is it sort of changed oh, the treatment or has holy it Holy been... cow, it's a different ball game. It is massive and mind-blowing from everything from radiology to surgery. So, I mean, I'm happy to walk you through it. So, the imaging, you know, stock standard is mammogram and ultrasound, but now we're doing contrast mammograms and now we're doing breast MRIs and we're doing more PET scan for breast cancers now than the conventional CT of chest, abdo, pelvis and, and bone scans. From a surgical point of view, we're still doing mastectomies where we remove the breast and we're doing breast-conserving surgery. But we're now looking at not only do we take the cancer in a good rim of normal tissue, but we mobilise that tissue that gives them better cosmetic results The reconstruction area is massive and there's different types and when we do that reconstruction varies from person to person, so that's always huge. When I first started, we used to remove everyone's lymph nodes in their armpit Um, and then 
new trial came through and new technique came through and better pre-operative imaging and workup, we now don't have to remove all those lymph nodes. We only remove one or two. Some women still need to have their lymph nodes, all of their lymph nodes removed. It just depends on the person. So we really tailor it to their needs Mm -hmm. and to their cancer. And we've learned so much more through research. So we're seeing so much more characteristics about cancer, which is amazing because we then have the treatments to tailor to those characteristics. Chemotherapy drugs have changed in this time. The recipes have changed. We're now seeing a targeted therapy. So one is called a HER2 targeted therapy or Herceptin or Trastuzumab. And mid-2000s, people were remortgaging their house to get their hands on this drug. Wow. And in my little opinion, game changer for these women, this drug. So only one in five women have what we call a HER2 positive disease. Um, and this targeted therapy is just amazing. So fortunately now it is now on the PBS and widely used for that particular cohort of patients. There's also other drugs. There's CDK4 inhibitors, there's these PARP inhibitors, there's all these things. So watch this space, Steve, because it's just massive. And But there's also been changes in radiotherapy. You know, it was six weeks. You know, now it's three weeks. And But there's different techniques. There's deep inspirational radiotherapy for someone who's got a left breast cancer. And we give the radiotherapy to the breast while they're holding their breath. And then um, that decreases the fallout of any radiation to the lungs and, and wow, to the amazing. heart. Yeah. And then, then when they breathe out, it stops. We are, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, quite quickly, I think. Mm, and obviously the sooner that it's picked up, the better for treatment. I'm going to get some stats out, Steve. So at breast screen, um, 60% of their cancers that were detected are less than 15 millimetres compared to 28% of non-screen detected cancers. So there's a big disparity there. If you've gone to screening earlier, um, we'll detect that earlier, therefore that cancer is smaller and therefore we've got really good outcomes. But in between screening, we actually need to get to know our breasts and what is our normal. And that's really important at all ages. It's very important to know that our breasts change with time as we get older, from puberty to our 20s to having babies, if you breastfed or not, and then menopause, our breast changes over time. So we need to recognise what is our normal. Now, my boobs, compared to someone else's boobs, completely feel different, look different, act different, as in, you know, sit differently and things like that. So it's getting to know what your normal is. So we would encourage regular examination. It does not have to be as formal or as scary. It is about looking at your breasts below your collarbone to your bra line and having a feel in your armpit, having a look at your breasts in the mirror underneath. Is there any changes or the skin look different? Get to know what your boobs feel like. In the shower or laying down, whatever is easy, to have a, a feel with the pads of your fingers. If you get to know your breasts and then there's something different, you then know, oh, that's something different. That wasn't there last time. So then you can then go off to your GP, get it checked out, have a formal examination and then have some imaging and, and take it from there. So would say definitely 100% really important to get to know your boobs what is normal for you. I've actually had a lady going, I hate to touch my boobs. I don't want to do it. And then I said to her, how about your husband do it? And she goes, no, no, I'll do it. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, we'll find a way. 
And, you know, in, if, if you're having your yearly checkup with your GP, your GP can also do that one. So we'd say once a month is really good and you can make it as formal as putting it first day of the month, do it. Or maybe if you're having your periods, you can do it after your period. So your breasts are less tender. So that's a, a sort of a once a month thing. As a prompt. Um, yeah, kind of thing. yeah. Yeah. And of course, we had the Know Your Lemons campaign, which uh, can help to identify some potentially cancerous changes that you might notice. Yeah, and it's it's a great it's a great little picture where you got three different like you yeah, have three sorry twelve lemons and all different things. So you know, you know it might be an obvious lump, or the skin looks like an orange, or there's ooze something coming out of the nipple and things like that. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and what about if someone is actually diagnosed with cancer? You know, is, is maintaining a routine something that they should be looking at doing or trying to keep as normal as possible? A- absolutely. So um, having a breast cancer diagnosis is the biggest inconvenience in your life and it's really un- and confronting, obviously. It is really super important. I think I probably should have spoke about this earlier. One of the things that I need to do quickly in my role is develop rapport really quickly with these patients, find a connection and sometimes it's just in the first five minutes is just actually getting to know them and, and talking about their pets or what they do and, and things like that. So you just sort of bring it down away from all the medical, tell me about you, what's going on and things like that. Mm. And then you can get a sense of what their life is like, what's going on. As women, we are constantly juggling life, working, kids, husbands, partners, extracurricular activities, and then we throw cancer at them and they're in crisis and it's really hard. So the first thing I get them to do is just actually take a breath. I know that sounds pretty obvious to breathe, but actually just to slow their breath down. Um, and that just slows everything down so they can just be a little bit calmer. And then the next one of the next things I talk about is actually keeping routine. And that's really important. So if you're able to work while we're doing all our things and lead, doing any extra imaging or leading up to things while you're waiting for surgery, try to keep routine keep working, doing what you normally do. Now, there might be days where you're grieving. There might be days where the uncertainty gets really hard and that's okay and you need to acknowledge it. And mm. and, and it sounds a bit weird saying grieving, but it is a change in health and change uncertainty because we default to the worst case scenario. Um, I want them to keep their kids routine. So they've got their readers to do. They've got homework to do. They've got chores or extracurricular activities. Do that. And then... On top of that, I'm then going, well, I want you to work, but, oh, could you come here at 1 o'clock for a PET scan? So it's really tricky. So just tell them that it's going to be full on at the start. You're going to be told what to do, when to do it, what to eat for breakfast, literally, but it will settle. Um, And, again, breathe. Try to keep things normal. And then on top, you've got this loud mouth breast care nurse going, oh, by the way, I'm going to say a filthy word. It's called exercise. Could you? And they're like, <laughs> what? And, oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm really active. I'm like, yeah, put around the house. Not really. It's activity. Thanks. It's great. But I actually want you to get a bit of huff and puff. So I'm not asking for a marathon. I'm not asking to join the gym. Get out there and a bit of huff and puff walking. And the flow on effect with that is, A, they're getting a little bit bit of cardiovascular for their anaesthetic that's coming up. They feel stronger. They feel good. But they get out of the house. They also get out of their head. And that feel-good effect you get from exercise. So, yes, keep routine, but 
on top of your diagnosis, come for all these tests and do some exercise. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's fairly busy. And it can certainly turn people's worlds upside down. It does. But also I tell them, you know, I'm going to quote this from Shawshank Redemption, get busy living, not busy dying. Mm. And that's really important, it's, I think. It's really profound. That's, I love that film. Yeah, um, it's a good one. It's, it's a great quote. It's a cracker. What about somebody wanting to get into nursing? Have you got any words of wisdom for them? I think I would tell them to ask questions. I would actually get them to go to the universities to see where they do nursing um, and talk to students um, and also talk to any nurses that they may know and come in contact. Beware of the good and the bad. I mean, that's life, isn't it? And that's our, any job. There's always some good and some bad. But know that there can be a really challenging time for patients and that can translate into challenging time for the nurses. But also the opportunity for nurses is amazing and I think more so than when I was nursing and when I graduated uh, decades ago. And um, I think there's much more diversity and not just for nursing roles, but there's project work and there's research and all that sort of stuff. So it's really exciting. Mm. And, you know, nurse practitioners, who would have thought? Like <laughs> they went around when I was sort of, you know, coming through in 93 with <laughs> 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 the dinosaurs. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and I, I think the one thing about my role and other roles that there's so much autonomy but then you work within the team and I think working for the team and the bigger picture is that we're in this health service to make people better mm. and help them through this. Absolutely. So, yeah, go for it. We've been visiting today with breast care nurse consultant Cheryl Murray. Sit tight as we discuss travel, exercise and the relationship between music and Taekwondo. Tell us about a dream holiday destination. Like if you could go anywhere or do anything or have a particular experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, would that, what would that be? I suffer from the cold. I hate it. Love Melbourne, best city in the world, but I'm cold constantly. Mm. And yet I want to go to Antarctica and Iceland. Go figure. <laughs> Iceland, there's just, I don't know, it, yeah, I've always looks had, cool. been drawn there as well. Like my, yeah. my daughter went a few years ago, but I haven't had the opportunity to go just yet. But I, I think it would be amazing. Like just yeah. there's something about it that's like. Yeah, it's just so, um, I don't know, Viking and old and looks fun, looks like yeah. lots to do. I always wanted to get to Japan and we did in 2017. So oh, cool. um, Japan's amazing. And what time of year did you go? Uh, it was October. September, October. So it was there where the maple leaves and all that were turning into a really beautiful crimson colour. Oh, so we had the autumn leaves. Yeah. And it was gorge. And if I had the cash, Antarctica, that would mm. be cool too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just pack some yeah. extra coats when you Yeah. Go. I've been fortunate enough that I've done a fair bit of travelling in my younger years. I've mm. been to Africa. I've actually been to Russia. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, so I've done the whole Europe thing as well. So, you know, it's great. Turkey's great. I was supposed to be there for two, I stayed five. So, yeah, that's what you do when you're young and free. <laughs> so you're obviously very well-travelled. Um, what else do you do to, to de-stress and to maintain that equilibrium? I suppose, first of all, it is everyone goes to me, oh, Cheryl, I don't know how you do that job. It must be so depressing. Um, and actually, and look, sometimes it is sad and we're going through a bit of a purple patch where we're having some really... Um, tough things happen. However, majority of women survive breast cancer. Majority of people are walking around, living life. Um, and I'm quite inspired on 
the women that get diagnosed, they're juggling everything. They get hit with cancer, they fall down, they pick themselves up, they dust themselves off, and guess what? They just add it to the mix and keep juggling. They're so inspiring. Mm. Like these women are amazing. And then you see the the effect it has on the family and how they just rally around and um, so it is it is really, really quite cool. So how do we de-stress as a team? I think the team being a good word here is the breast unit is a very well-functioning, good unit. We all get along. Um, we do like wine. We do like our food. But we debrief a bit when we need to. Mm. Um, we're not embarrassed to actually shed a tear because we're humans and we see sad things. So that's really important to be able to talk to that within the team because they get it, they know. I try not to burden my family too much with that. So we never, we see enough crap on the TV. They don't need to hear about my, you know, concerns or sadness and things like that. But a lot of the time my daughter asked me, you know, how was your day? Really good today, darling. You know, it's really great. Met some really cool people. You know, and, you know, you, you spin that. Sure. For me, exercise is key. Prior to my injury, um, I was exercising anywhere from five to six days a week. Now, I am no gym junkie and certainly no fitness fanatic where I'm so super fit. It's just moving and I, there is a bit of huff and puff. And with that, when I was 45, I started Taekwondo and um, I'm not very good, but, hey, I've managed to get my second Dan in my black belt. So, oh, cool. um, you know, it makes me feel stronger. I actually keep my my um, black belt certificate in my office to remind me of the things that I actually can do. And it's really funny when I'm wrestling some of the younger ones, they reckon, oh, yeah, you can take this old bird on. Mate, when I get them down, their face is priceless. It's just worth it. It's so, <laughs> so good. It, it, it's awesome. But what's challenging now, I'm actually injured and I can't do much exercise at all. And Taekwondo, I haven't trained this term and I must say I'm struggling. But for me it's about, all right, what alternatives is there for me to de-stress? And one is being more mindful, just slowing down. And I know this is cliche, literally stop and smell the roses. When you see a nice sunset, sunrise, whatever, actually just stop to enjoy it or enjoy the birds and, and things like that. Um, trying to meditate a little bit more and trying to read a bit more and get off the phone. So, you know, I'm trying, not always successful, but it's a work in progress and I'll get there. So I'm hoping when I can get back into training, I'll have a nice combination of both and be a bit more zen maybe. And how do you how do you prepare for those those gradings and stuff? Obviously, second Dan Black Belt, you've mm. been through quite a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your secret to? Uh... <laughs> so um, I have a set playlist. I have to play this playlist. It's without doubt. And if I don't, it just goes a bit pear shaped. I, mentally, I go a bit pear shaped, and I feel like I just haven't got it on. And it's a bit embarrassing this playlist, but I will share. I am generally I'm actually alone in the car pop these tunes out and I'm really psyched, ready to go, and I love it. So the first song, my dad used to coach under 18's local footy and he used to play this song and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a cool song and it's related to the Rocky movie. So Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. You've classic. got, yeah, yeah, classic, isn't it? And it's just that beat, that melody, and you're just going to pump it up and you just, I can't sing, but geez, I'll give it a crack in the car. Everyone <laughs> must think I'm so crazy at the lights and I'm like, yeah. And singing away, it's great, it's cool. 
Fast forward to uh, Lose Yourself from Eminem. Eight Mile guy is trying to change the narrative, trying to get out of his cycle. And then there's an old Aussie song by Screaming Jets, Come On. Like, you know, you almost got the Leighton Hewitt, Come On yeah. type thing going. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's two songs that aren't any related for motivation at all, but I don't know, I like them. That just gets me a bit fired up. So it's one of oh, Bon Jovi's song from their first album called Runaway. And then there's actually, and I'm not a Metallica fan generally, but Enter the Sandman. And I think the first minute of that song, there's no lyrics. Mm. It's just this slow build up of the drums and all that sort of stuff. And that just ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And it, it gets me fired up. It gets my adrenaline pumping. And right, switch on, go. This is your time. This is your training. Just go for it and have fun, work hard, and you feel awesome afterwards. Now, somebody that you didn't mention there that I know is on your playlist is a little-known band called Scooter. And oh, yeah. I had this thought once I crawled out of the YouTube rabbit hole you sent me down <laughs> that wouldn't it be great to have sort of hype music for self-examination? Yeah. I mean, and I don't mean to trivialise the whole process at all, but I tell you what, if something that could be potentially life-saving doesn't get you excited and doesn't get you hyped up, then perhaps I'm on the wrong planet. Now, given that most of my genius ideas come to me at the 11th hour, and I literally put this together last night at about that time, and I'm not sure how it's going to sound in the cold light of day, but what better way to get to know your lemons than with a bit of old school German techno? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is gold. Know <laughs> <laughs> your lemons. Okay, there we go. That's oh, about that enough of that. Gold. Um, so <laughs> Get to know your lemons. Maybe the um, <laughs> the extended uh, check both sides mix will be out um, shortly. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be on Instagram with that whole lemon the the picture. The lemons itself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That cool. is gold. Well, Cheryl, your zest for life and positive outlook are undeniably contagious in all the right ways. As you guide patients through what can be the, the scariest time of their lives, you and the team offer truly tailored care. I'd happily sit and listen to the stories of the courageous women and men that you care for or try to glean some more of the knowledge and life experience you've gained overseas. But sadly... Visiting hours are over. Oh, I'm sorry it's ended. I've had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a hoot. Thank you so much. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Bye. Please consider the importance of regular breast screening with self-examination in those times in between. If life hands you lemons, get to know your normal. And if something changes, start a conversation with your GP.